This is AWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Richard Ingebretson from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Thanks for listening to our AWLS podcast series. I remind you to always go to www.wildmedu.org to look at our other programs and ways that you can study and certify in uh, wilderness medicine, especially uh, advanced wilderness life support and basic wilderness life support if you've not uh, studied those. When you think about what uh, matters in uh, sporting competition, weight has to be near the top of the list, particularly in sports such as uh, football and in uh, rugby or in uh, wrestling. Uh, weight can ma- make the difference between being extremely successful or not. And in uh, wrestling, uh, the category of uh, the, the weight you wrestle in matters. And so wrestlers will fast and um, uh, vomit before an event to get their weight down so that they can compete uh, in a particular weight level. Um, more recently, attention is being called to disordered eating problems in uh, rock climbing because weight matters there. The more weight you have to carry up the side of a cliff, uh, the more difficult it is to climb. And if competition depends upon speed up the hill, the less somebody weighs, the easier it's going to be uh, to get to the top, or so it seems. Disordered eating, though, has become a, a, a very interesting topic in sports climbing and in competition climbing to a level that it has not been discussed before. Disordered eating is uh, 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 unfortunately becoming a very common problem, especially in uh, performance uh, climbers and even more so in advanced female climbers. This was uh, announced recently by a study that was uh, presented at uh, the uh, International Rock Climbing Congress in Chamonix. It was led by Lene Jobert, who is a professor of nutrition at Northern Michigan University. It found out that elite athletes of many sports are prone to eating disorders, but uh, and while it reaffirmed the 2004 study that found that 13.5% of uh, performance athletes had subclinical or clinical eating disorders compared to 4.6% in the general population, uh, uh, it was felt that rock climbing uh, athletes even had a higher one. So to actually find out how many uh, uh, performing performing rock climbers were at risk for this, the International Rock Climbing Research Association, along with Professor Jobert, uh, uh, sent out a web survey, and they this the results were pretty stunning. They uh, used what was called the Eat Twenty Six survey, which is a commonly used tool that asked participants to rate how much they agree with statements such as things like, I'm terrified about being overweight or I'm aware of the calories that I'm eating. They used 498 sports climbers for the first phase of their study, and they found out that um, 17% of uh, uh, women in that group had eating disorders, but in the climbing group, uh, that number rode up to about 43% of uh sport and uh, competitive female climbers had disordered eating issues. It turns out that um, during the World Cup, a number of competitive climbers uh, used the number of 1,000 calories per day as their sort of as their limit. Um, 
some days it, they would eat things like a bowl of rice or a couple of pieces of chicken. Uh, and anything they could do to keep that 1,000 calories uh, uh, limit. Now, that can seem to be uh, dangerously low to most people. Uh, but for an athlete competing and burning well over 1,000 calories a day, uh, it doesn't seem to be that low. It, it appears to a lot of athletes that this is a sacrifice that they are willing to make to be successful. For so many climbers trying to make it professionally, that becomes the reality of their eating habits. Within the climbing community, weight is a frequently talked about issue. Um, many people will say, I feel heavy today when they aren't climbing uh, very well. While seemingly innocent, comments like this sort of instill the perception of how important weight is in climbing. At a professional level, eating disorders are silently plaguing a severe percentage of these athletes. Most people within the climbing community know how prevalent eating disorders are around, but no one likes to talk about it. Those who suffer from eating disorders will deny the existence of any issue, really, because they want to be competitive and feel that this is the way to do it. Those who notice others with eating disordered habits neglect to say anything in fear of resentment from their friends or from their climbers. To recreational climbing, looking from afar at professionals, they see it as a normal sacrifice and most neglect to question it. As uh, climbing became very popular and competitive climbing became uh, a, a very big part of uh, a competition in the 1970s and 1980s, undereating was the primary form of training. Once uh, competitions became popularized in the 90s and the 2000s, the issue grew immensely as the opportunity success became more and more lucrative. And about this time, Training became more refined. Competitions were respected, and the idea of making a living off of climbing sprouted in this era. Additionally, the limits of what climbers are capable of grew tenfold for both men and women. Climbing developed idols. Kids and aspiring adults would look up to the pros, some of whom were unattainably uh, skinny. They would look at their favorite climbers and seeing them be skinny didn't make them think that there was an issue, but instead ingrained the idea that they had to be skinny to climb and to climb successfully. Uh, climbers back then were growing up in an age where they were beginning to make their own decisions about what they should eat to be successful. The topping of eating disorders in climbing was only beginning to become a conversation. The rise in conversations about uh, eating disorders uh, came, though, shortly after and it began to get uh, bring publicity to that issue. And uh, then it became uh, the idea for these young people that maybe they also had a problem. The general con conversation towards eating disorders is overwhelmingly negative. Stories of those who have suffered from eating disorders in the past will often share how uh, undereating led to some of their strongest climbing ever. Uh, a famous climber, Emily Harrington, uh, who climbed in the 90s and 2000s, talks uh, about that exactly. There was a documentary released in 2021 called Light, which addresses this issue. In it, Harrington talks about her experiences with disordered eating. In it, she said that she felt like 
she had uh, an unlocked the key to success, and that success felt so good. Uh, she said that in regard to the incredible year where she became the best climber in the world, winning every competition she entered and climbing harder than any woman ever had. As a young aspiring climber, hearing those words about uh, being skinny and eating disorders, you disregard all the consequences. All you hear is the key to success and, and, and you don't think any further. Also among the conversation of eating disorder in athletes, that uh, almost goes underlooked. Uh, um, the, in the general public uh, perspective, athletes are seen as the peak of human performance. They are, uh, they've inspired, you know, the desirable healthy lifestyle. Uh, having an eating disorder is not even considered among them. As true as this can be, it is uh, uh, too often not the case. A study done that we mentioned earlier in uh, 2004 on that pool of 1,600 uh, Norwegian athletes 20.1% of the female and 77 of the male athletes met the criteria for uh, disordered eating. Um, this uh, idea of having eating disorders is becoming a more uh, uh, prevalent. And, but the reason people develop eating disorders is basically different for everyone. Uh, in the general public, it is a body image issue. Uh, Others develop eating habits uh, who have just a fear of gaining weight, which leads to uh, critical caloric deficits. Climbers can develop abundances of stress about how their weight allows them to perform. They think that 5 or 10 pounds could be the difference in performance. They'll say, I just want to lose 5 pounds and then I'll stop. That's sort of the classic line that you hear. And then they'll lose 5 pounds and they feel stronger. So why stop there? What harm could be... Uh, done by losing uh, uh, another five pounds. Eating disordered in athletes are such a complex issue because of the fact that uh, there is a performance benefit to a, an eating disorder. As unhealthy as it is, the stress of having a career depend upon your performance. And if under eating helps that performance, uh, it is an outlet that um, a lot of athletes will resort to. You know, you compare that uh, to typical eating disorders that are caused by body image issues in the general public, the benefits are not nearly as prevalent. So it's easier to say outright that it is bad. Climbing is different from other sports where there is uh, a new objective which continually pushes the, uh, uh, you know, the climber both mental, uh, to both the mental and uh, physical limits. When climbing at an absolute limit, the magnitude of factors that will inhibit success becomes so finite that the smallest of changes in temperature, uh, humidity, skin, or weight can warrant a successful outcome, which climbers, as stubborn as they are, will strive to perfect. So what does undereating have to do with performance? Well, um, most people know, and certainly scientifically, performance is derived from how much sugar and oxygen can reach the muscles. Sugar and oxygen is what allows muscles to perform and to perform at their peak. Any depletion in sugar will lower muscles' ability to perform. Without sugars to support muscles, the body will look towards fat to burn. If there is no fat to burn, which is you know very common in anorexia, the body will burn muscles. In climbing and also in other anti-gravitational sports, the balance between sugar and fats the body needs to perform, and the overall weight is impossible uh, to perfect. And this leads uh, many people down the path of under eating.
aside from muscle performance, undereating will lead to other uh, medical problems such as depression, a weak immune system, fatigue, and a whole plethora of other complications such as osteoporosis, which is a bone disease resulting in a loss of bone density, which is caused by a lack of, uh, lack of calcium. The likelihood of someone breaking a bone is significantly more when they suffer from an eating disorder. Uh, professional climber uh, Melina uh, Costanza spoke out about suffering from disordered eating and mentioned that she fractured her ankle from statically weighting a foothold. This uh, podcast is uh, not meant to argue for or against disordered eating for the purpose of performance benefit. It's more to present the topic from the perspective that climbers um, will always be surrounded by this issue. Uh, Climbers who value longevity and want to enjoy climbing for, for what it is will get the help they need to break out of the habit. For those who are more stubborn and persist, they are going to need to experience the drawbacks to learn. Climbing indicatively promotes being lighter, yet the balance between being light and being anorexic is non-existent. Disordered eating is always going to be an issue and will probably never be removed from the sport of climbing forever. But as more research is done and more is learned about the ideal training and diet combination, the lower number of cases that uh, of disordered eating will be aroused. This ends the podcast on disordered eating amongst climbers. And as always, we thank you for listening. Thank you.